The Block Talk podcast started because of my passion for the property management industry. I wanted to start a conversation and add some value within the industry with a diverse range of people and professionals who can add something extra. As we start out, my aim is that the podcast offers some useful insight into a variety of views, opinions, thoughts, and foresights from our guests who include business leaders and industry experts. If you enjoy the podcast and want to find out any other information, head on over to brianwelsh.co.uk. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Block Talk Podcast with me, Brian Welsh, and Jack Spruce. Jack, how are you today? Uh, yeah, I'm good. Um, we're recording this. It's Thursday, so um, yeah, I had a good day yesterday, actually, uh, doing meetings with my local council. I'm on my local community council, and we're at the beginnings of a, a, a local community project, which is quite exciting, so that's that's starting to move forward, so that's all, all good fun. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I have a bit of jet lag because I'm just back from holiday. So um, I think I must have slept for 12 hours last night. So that was something oh, from me recently. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm at, I'm at home. Um, the dog is in the room and there's a guy building a garage across the path So uh, for, for my neighbour. So I think the dog might have a... If he wakes up and sees him, he might start going mental. So we'll just have to uh, <laughs> work through it. Okay, cool. Right, today we are speaking to Lorraine McDonald as part of our leadership series. Uh, Lorraine's already been on the um, podcast previously. Lorraine is the owner of Spears Gumley, um, and she's worked in the industry since 1989. So, Lorraine, how are you doing? Do you know, I've worked in the industry since 1980. Have you? Do you know? Do you know? It's funny. I think I did. I made that mistake last time as well. But that's yeah. what's written on the better paper in front of me. So, that's so yeah. No, nineteen nineteen eighty. Um, I was born in nineteen sixty three, and I joined Ross and Little when I was seventeen. Wow, gosh, so time flies. Can. Time flies, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, it does a half. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, um, this this series is all about kind of leadership and, and and people's leadership styles and, and 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 these sort of things so can you tell us about your leadership style and what it means to you to be a good leader do you know i think for me um to be a good leader is to lead by example um that's really really important to me not all leaders are like that um i genuinely believe that i wouldn't ask anyone to do something that i wasn't capable of doing myself um, okay. I think that's really important that you don't just direct people um, to do something for, the, for you that you're not quite sure um, how to do yourself. So I've always been a big, big believer in, in that. I suppose as time's going on, though, with IT moving on um, and it not being my strongest point, there are occasions when maybe in an IT perspective I can't do something. Yeah. Although I still say to this day, Brian, that when we get involved in meetings and we talk about things and yeah. we challenge CPL's product in terms of can it do this, can it do that, I'm usually the one person that can see whether it can or cannot do it. Uh -huh. um, and I think that's because of through the years working with you, um, yeah. I, I, I kind of like I've always had this understanding as to how it worked. Yeah. Um, and whether it was capable of doing it or not. So that's probably bit, CPL is probably the only one where I could give them any kind of, no, that can definitely happen. They can make it happen by doing this, this and this. Uh, uh, everything else, like um, Outlook and all that kind of stuff. And there's this new thing that we're using, OneNote. Oh, I'm just rubbish at that. But anyway, uh, so 
there, there are times when you, I don't always know everything that uh, is uh, in the business and what's involved, but most of it I do. And if I don't, then I still am at a stage in my life where I want to learn it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I totally, I totally um, understand where you're coming from there because it is, you know, to, 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 to be willing to do everything that everybody else in the organization is doing as well, um, you know, gives them the belief, you know, gives your team the belief that, you know, you're, you know, you're willing to get involved in these sort of things and, and also that you're willing to, to kind of make sure you're doing things the right way as well. And, you know, the other thing is as well, I don't think there's anything better than when you're having a conversation about something and, and you say to them, well, actually, I'm learning as well. I'm trying yeah. to understand this and let's learn it together. And, and yeah. so there's not this, you know, people looking up to you and thinking, uh, you know, like they, they, they're going to look daft if they don't understand what they're being asked to do or what they're being asked to learn. Yeah. Um, when I'm trying to learn it myself. So yeah. I think there's also a kind of like, there's a kind of mutual respect that should come out of that. Um, yep. In my view, anyway, you know, because I often often say to staff that I've I've got I've got where I've got by constantly asking questions, yeah. even to this day, constantly asking questions. Yeah, yeah. No, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It's very interesting. I actually had a I had um, a, a bit of a fight with a a furniture supply company recently, and um, and when I get annoyed with a company, I tend to just. Um, um, go on to CEO emails, find out the email address for CEO and fire them an email and say, look, I'm not really happy here. Can you do something about this? And um, and um, I could not find this. I couldn't find anything for on this company and this um, this um, this uh, on that website. So I just phoned them up and asked to speak to the MD. And um, and they said, no, I'm sorry, our, our, our managing director does not talk to customers. <laughs> and I was like, what? I'm like, what kind of? I know this is okay. It's a big, it's a big furniture company in the UK, but they're not massive. You know, it's not like they've got a store in every, in every, um, in in every town. And I just thought, you know, from really from a from a, and I, I could have just been lying. I mean, I did try and try and try by various emails and, and conversations to get to chat to someone, but um, um, and eventually just gave up. But I'm just like that. I, I just I just cannot understand that sort of that sort of mentality. But hey, you know, it's a successful company, so he obviously does doing something right. You know, and that's something that you know, Brian, that is not is for me. I mean, I actually in our new office, I'm situated right next to our switchboard, mm-hmm. and if I hear a client. You know, in any way, being unhappy, or, or uh, I can hear a conversation in the reception. I'll get the call put through to me. Yeah. Um, because I, I don't want it. You know, I would I would rather deal with that call and cut through yeah. any of the nonsense that might have gone on. I'm sure yeah. there's times we've made mistakes and we've had to apologise for it. Of course there is. Uh-huh. Um, but there's also times when people might be made unreasonable, and yeah. actually having someone with the knowledge to be able to to take that call just cuts through it. I'm, I'm I would rather, much rather take a call from a client that's unhappy than have to deal with emails and letters and, and ultimately mm-hmm. first-year tribunal cases if it ever went that way. Yeah. Um, it's I think it's just, I think it's crazy for people to have that type of attitude. I really yeah. don't get it. Yeah, and I was recently no. just giving your story, I was recently at Gaucho's, the new restaurant that's opened up in uh-huh. Snell Street. And ambience great, food great, restaurant great. In fact, not food, the steak wasn't that great. And I just said, look, that's where you've let yourself down. That's bizarre. You're a steak restaurant. And done a bit of feedback. Um, and because my feedback was quite constructive, the guy phoned. Um, wow, okay. And, and I was like, oh, all right, okay. And offered for me to go in and, 
you know, get free drinks or whatever. And I says, look, that's not the point. I'm not interested in that. Thanks very much. I appreciate it. And you've definitely dealt with it the right way. But so that you know where I'm coming from, it's not about getting something back because we had a great night. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was just about giving you feedback. And, yeah. and so I loved his attitude and the fact that he actually picked it up and dealt with it. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. That's a leader. That's a leader for me. That's someone who yeah. will lead by example, and we probably no doubt expect the guys that work for him to behave in the same manner. Yeah, and and you know, if you if you pick up that call from your from your um um you know, you hear happening at, um on your switchboard or reception or whatever, then you know you're going to feedback how you dealt with that to your team as well. So you know, everyone's learning in that process, aren't they? Hundred percent, hundred percent, and it is. We're we're all still learning. Things are changing. Things are evolving. We're all going on about the cost of living, utility bills going up, etc., etc. People are getting much more frazzled, and it's teaching people how to deal with that and how to understand that. You know, you've you've got to not that accept. Um, you know, uh, we've just got zero tolerance for abuse on the phone and things like that. But maybe uh-huh. heated conversations or intolerance just can sometimes come because of you know, like the, the position that that person finds themselves in. Sure. And so there's a lot of teaching going on just now. There's a lot of, you know, flip it, try and understand where the person's coming from. So again, yeah. as a leader of a business and, and my, my exec team are all the same. It's very hands-on just now because yeah. we need to be at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I, 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 do you know, the one thing that, the one thing that, that crossed my mind when, when all of this, when cost of living and utility costs and started going up, I just started thinking about the number of calls that, you know, my clients, you guys and, and other facts in the industry are going to start getting because, you know, I mean, you know, things are tight anyway and these these numbers yeah. are going up by, yeah. by, by percentages you just would never have imagined kind of two or three years ago. Yeah, so I can imagine it's going to be a... It's it's going to be a more difficult thing to deal with over the next kind of 12, 18 months. Yeah. It is, and what people won't realise is that landlord supplies are, are deemed commercial. Yeah. So commercial rates are going higher than domestic rates. Domestic rates are horrific enough. Yeah. But commercial rates are higher. Wow. Um, so, so even in a so in a, even in a residential building, a landlord supply that, that supplies the common areas is deemed commercial. Yeah. I did not know yeah. that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so yeah, there's no, a, I lot to, a lot to contend with. We're kind of hoping the next big thing we deal with is insurance, but we're kind of hoping that that the market's not just as hard yet with that. Yeah, yeah, I can understand. I can understand. Yeah. So, what what would you say is the culture in Spears Gumley, and how do you nurture it? Do you know? I think we've got a good a good team um, culture, um, and that. It's come almost like verified by new members of staff that join us. Uh-huh. Um, we have teams um, within the business, but no matter what team you're in, there's other people in that team will help. So we've got a culture of, you know, it's not just, there's not this tunnel vision in relation to what that person does. If uh-huh. someone's sitting next to them across from them are struggling, they'll help them out. And the only reason that, that jumps out at me, genuinely, Brian, literally recently someone joined the business and we're going through appraisals at the moment. Um, and they've said they just are kind of blown away by the level of support that they get, not just from the exec board and, and, and their team leaders, but from their colleagues. Yeah. And that, that comes from, I've always, always wanted to, uh, in my business, have people just want to help one another. Uh-huh. And, and I know it sounds cliched and it sounds like something you'd hear in an American TV programme, but genuinely it's like, you know, if somebody's struggling with something and you've yeah. got an answer, give them it. Yeah. You know, and and if, there's, if you've dealt with a scenario before, 
and, and you've been through a scenario before, then help them get through, you know, the same scenario. It's so there's a real there's a real team spirit. Um and that's not a sales pitch. It just genuinely is. And that that's not just coming from me, that's coming from feedback from people that have joined the business um in the last few months and actually people coming from different backgrounds as well, which is great. Um so there's a that I would say that's a big, big thing within the business. Yeah, I think for me, you know, there's 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 a there's been a bit of movement in this um in this market of people over the years. And and you know, I think it I think it um I don't know whether it's more prevalent now or or less prevalent now. I'm I'm not sure. I mean I walked into Guthrie yesterday and the guy who kind of um I said hello to you first, I'm like I know you from somewhere, but you're not from here. Um, and, and you know, and 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 this guy had been, you know, it's worked for, for a couple of couple of people in in the industry. And and you know, people ha- and this is what I keep I, I, something that I feel very strongly about. People have a choice who they work for, you know. Mm-hmm. And and just because you pay them a salary does not mean they're going to work for you because they can probably get the same salary or 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 a similar salary somewhere else. And in mm-hmm. and in fact, there's 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 um, a whole raft of of, of people um, who talk about the fact that actually money is sometimes not the biggest motivator. It's the it's the culture of the business that you work within and yeah. how you are treated as an individual that yeah. means more. So you know if you if you're in an, a quest, I, I guess a close um, smallish um, industry, which 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 you are. Then you've got to make sure that, that that you get that bit right, because you know, and be that employer of choice kind of thing, you know. Well, absolutely, absolutely, and I'd like to think that you know, um, that that was the case. Um, I'm not 100 sure though, um, because I think I got a reputation in the business, Brian, for being a tough cookie. So, um, when <laughs> when actually uh, when people come in that have been in the business for a long time and get to know me, they're like, oh my goodness, you're not what I thought you were going to be. Um, and I'm like, well, that's fine. You know, doesn't really make any difference if you come in here and you find that your working environment and the ethos in the business is good. Then I'm delighted, and it's something I've strived for all of my life. Is that I don't want people to come into their all into their job, dreading coming in in the morning and waiting till five o'clock or whatever to clock off because you spend half your life in your job. Yeah. Um, and why would you want to be miserable half your life? And yeah. so uh, it's something we've worked really, really hard. To try and do um and i think we've succeeded and, and and as i say some new people that came from other businesses and other property management companies um have now realized that it's you know it's a, it's a good company to work for yeah yeah you've got lovely offices as well so yeah that helps fresh air <laughs> fresh air offices you have no idea yeah yeah no i know what you mean okay so so Thinking about your kind of the beginning of your career, what's the one thing you wish you had known when you started out? Crikey. What's the one thing I wish I'd known? God, I remember this when I was actually completing these questions and I didn't have an answer for that one. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm a massive compartmentalist. I, I put things in compartments, move on, and don't really think back. You know, I've often been asked a question about do you have any regrets? Uh-huh. And the one answer that I always have is that I wish I'd went to university. And the only reason for that is because I think they look as though they have an absolutely bloody amazing time. Um, <laughs> and um, and I, I probably missed that bit of my life. Um, and, and, and I think I would have enjoyed it. 
Um, but not necessarily for the qualifications, because <laughs> I don't think I could have done any better than I have with three O levels. So I don't really reflect back and think, Craigie, I wish I'd known that then, because I'm just not that type of thinker. I'm just not that type of person. I just I'm constantly looking ahead and looking forward. That's that's really interesting, actually, because yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, but no, that is really good because I, I guess you don't allow baggage to hold you back then which is which is a, which is a great way to be and I, I i wholly agree with your university comment by the way because um because having having paid for my uh eldest son to have an absolute ball for the last four years i wish i'd done it but uh, oh, oh, but, uh again yeah so but not for the qualifications just for the good time so 100 percent. and you know i'm often asked the question Jacqueline, this will be quite interesting to you i'm often asked the question about you know there's all the the stuff that's going on about, you know, women in business and uh, how they're treated and how they've been treated throughout the years uh, and, and things like that. And, and and again, you know, like I've been asked that question and I, I've tried to reflect back and think, when is there a time when I feel I've been, you know, massively disadvantaged? And and and, and probably when I was coming through the ranks as a partner in Spears Gumley, the only one time uh, that I felt, wait a minute, was when um they were bringing on a partner the partners in the business i was a partner and um, but i was uh, i was an equity partner and then um, they were bringing another partner into the business who was a guy who was a chartered surveyor and they made the mistake of telling me that he was going to be higher up in the letter heading than me um now frankly i wouldn't have noticed because i'm not that type of person but the fact they told me um, I just never accepted and says under no circumstances is that happening um, and um, and I don't understand why you're, you're doing it. It, you know, it makes no sense, I run the biggest part of the company, um, it makes profit, da, 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 da. but all of a sudden you want to get somebody to leapfrog me in the letter heading. Now again, I repeat, I would never have noticed, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. but it was just the fact they said it. So things like that, yeah, but was that major? No, because I fixed it, I fought it and it never happened. Um, but I'm often asked questions like that, and I often try to think back and think, "Crikey, I just I think because I do move on, and I, and and I, and I don't carry baggage that I don't really it's not there in my memory." Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to be. To be fair, it's a good way to be. It is a good yeah, no, life's too short. You just got to move on all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, if, if you had ten times the budget you have now, what would you spend it on? If I had ten times the budget that I have just now, um, it would be to do more probably for the staff um, yeah. and recognise a lot more of what they do because it's a tough industry to work in. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like, you know, people think property management's massive fees and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, consider the amount of work that we do in many developments, um, when you compare it to Midlands and London, um, there's big, big differences. Yeah. yeah um, so if I had that, I would. It would. I'm not saying not saying necessarily financially. Um, yeah. I just mean making sure that you know 100% their work environment was great. Looking at the flexibility of working as well, and you know ultimately you'd love to be able to say that I've had 10 times the budget. I could staff up for as long as work four days a week because I genuinely believe that you know, quality of life is really important. So yeah. maybe that's one of the things I would do is I'd get adequate staff to allow us to work four days a week, etc. So things like that where I would like to enhance what we do 
for the staff, which would ultimately enhance what we do for the clients. Yeah, yeah, okay, good. Um, um, I like that. I have to say, I have always thought about this kind of four-day week thing because I, I, it was funny because the other day um, we, we in um, at Inside Legal we have a um, <clears throat> we have a culture profiling thing that we do. So we we we, did, we use this thing called Friday Pulse, okay, and, and every single um, week on a Friday it asks you how happy are you at your work this week, okay, and 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 we get a really good um, engagement with it. We get about ninety percent um, kind of engagement every week. Um, and it fluctuates because at the end of the day, something can happen when someone's unhappy. You know what I mean? If the sales guys have, haven't hit their target, then they'll be unhappy and these sort of things. And yeah. we do this culture profiling every quarter, which asks a whole lot of questions as well. Um, and it and it allows us to kind of work on things in the business. And one of the things that came up was um, work-life balance, okay? And the exec team's work-life balance score was quite low. And someone, someone said to me, um, yeah, 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 that can't be you, Brian, because you only work four days a week because um, I don't work a Friday, okay? But that's actually a complete and utter um, um, joke because um, because the, the, only, the, the only reason I said I work a Friday is so no one books anything in my diary. So it means I can get to do what I want to do on a Friday. And, you know, and sometimes I go play golf, you know, and, and that is true. But most of the time um, I actually do work. But I've always looked at companies that do a four-day week and, yeah. and 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 you know, I'd love to get there, but but it's affording it because you know, at the end of the day, your your yeah. your margins and your pricing is based on the 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 business the business model you have at the moment. So if you then have to put in another five to ten people to actually cover that sort of process, then that your business model goes out the window. You have to put your prices up, you know. So. Exactly, and there's also jobs like for for I would love to be able to do more of the flexible working, but. We, an inspector's job in here, for example, they may, let's say we're working four days a week and, and on the day that they're off is a day that there's a massive problem, a massive flood in one of their properties and yeah. you know, there's a fire in one of their properties or there's something kicks off and one of their colleagues has got to pick that up. Um, and, and, you know, the, the, we, we, we genuinely, we tried it in our residential letting and it never worked and even the people doing it said, agreed it never worked. Um, so it would have to almost be along the lines of a kind of job sharing type thing. Yeah, and again, yeah. it's it's working with that. It's it's making sure that you've got the staff that are, you know, you're going to sustain the level of staff and, and keep them here. Because it's like teaching people more and more and getting them to understand properties. Because property management, and any of the guys that you're interviewing will tell you that it's, it's for, the, for the type of job that it is, you're expected to be all things to all men. You're expected yeah. to understand deeds and conditions, working at height, you know, understand a bit about gardens, it, it, loads and loads of different things. Um, so there's a lot to learn and, you know, to, to, you need to make sure your staff are going to be here with you um, for a period of time so that you're not having to constantly teach people the whole time about property management. And if you imagine you had a job share scenario and then somebody drops off and doesn't want to do two days and, you know, it just the management of that becomes very, very difficult. So it's trying to strike a balance. Uh -huh. um, and how we do that um, going forward and it's we're in baby steps just now we're literally just come back after covid so we've got a lot to catch up and a lot uh -huh. to um a lot to do and we are looking at kind of we'll get a, a situation where people that are allowed to work at home if we've got projects etc um and it's working well but then we're like how do we develop this how do we make this a wee bit different and you know uh -huh. and, and ensure a wee bit more of quality of life for the staff
Yeah, so it's, no. it's hard work. It's difficult. No, no, no. I can understand that. I can. I, do you know? At the end of the day, you know, building, build, building a a good culture within an organisation is not just you know sticking some motivational things on the wall. You know, it, it is ah, hard work. You know, it's yeah. it, 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 you've got to you've you've got to be able to allocate the time to do it if you want to have that. Oh, you know, that you know, a good culture in your workplace. You know? Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. So, so how do you deal with difficult situations? How do I deal with difficult situations? I basically, I deal with, I, I probably deal with them differently now from where I did years ago. Years ago, I would have been uh, like a bull in a china shop, um, trying to find the answers to things and, and demanding this and demanding that. And I think as I've got older, I'd just take a step back, uh-huh. think about things logically, um, never have a knee-jerk reaction to anything. Um, and it's quite good as you get older because you tend to realise that it's the best way of dealing with things. Yeah. Um, instead of having, you know, so you've got a difficult, uh, you've got a, a complaint that's coming, for example, or there's something, you know, uh, major happened within a department with a member of staff or whatever. You just, there's no point in rushing in because you very quickly make the wrong decision. Yeah, sure. You need to just take stock. So I would say that I take more time dealing with difficult situations than I would have in the past. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's 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 interesting. I think the one the one thing for me is, I mean, and you and I have been around the block a few times, I guess, um, and and been in been in been in, been in um, a kind of working environment for many years. And I think management styles have very much changed over the, certainly the time that I've been. I mean, I'm fifty two, so um, you know, but you know, I, I remember my first couple of bosses and how they acted and, and 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 managed the business and and me and 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 i've compared that with how people do it now and how i do it now and, and these it's entirely changed so um so you know and which is i think and, and for the better i might add as well you know but 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 you know that you can't you can't be experienced of dealing with these things as well you know and it is also because you're getting old brian and frankly you can't, you can't think as fast <laughs> Well, yes, okay, fair enough. Yes, that might be one of the reasons as well. But never mind. Uh, yes, you can't. You can't have an EJ reaction because it's impossible. Yeah, exactly. Uh, maybe, maybe. Um, so, um, are you going to ask the last couple of questions, Jack? So, who are the three people who have been the most influential to you, and why? In your professional life or your private life, I guess, because they. They go hand in hand, don't they? Um, yeah, do you know, one of them was, right, and, and you'll quite like this, there's a guy called Hamish McFarlane, who, I don't know whether he still works for Red Path Bruce or not, um, but I often reflected on when I joined Spears Gumley in 1989, so that's maybe you're getting the 1989 from Brian. Uh, okay. um, I I worked with um, Hamish in quite a lot of the kind of, up market. So we managed the first development in Scotland with a swimming pool and, and all that kind of stuff. So I worked closely with Hamish and I learned a lot from him. I learned how to read deeds of conditions and how to, to go through them and mark things off and highlight this and do this and do the next thing. I learned about new business and how to get new business and he would, you know, carry me along with that. So he, and actually I, I mentioned this to him once when I became the president of the Property Management Association. Um, and we were sitting at a table and, and he was quite taken aback when I said he'd a, he'd a major influence in my life. So I'll say Hamish McFarlane was one. There's another one and that is like, I used to, I, I still play tennis a lot, but I love tennis. And I was one of these guys that was glued to um, the, the, the TV when Wimbledon was on. 
And I used to um, watch Chris Everett. Um, oh. and, and I used to watch Chris Everett being the most well-mannered, calmest and respected person on the tennis circuit, I think, at that time. Um, and actually, believe it or not, that's that's something that kind of influenced me a wee bit and, and how I would deal with people. And it is all about respect and it's it's um, and manners, you know, because I think I've, I've always said it's not money that makes a person, it's manners. And yeah. um, so Chris Everett was one of the ones that um, that popped in. And actually, the other one I'd have to make global is, is just my family and friends. You know, like I've got a, I'm sure everybody will see a fantastic family and, and great, great friends who, you know, throughout the piece have been massively supportive of me. Um, and who, I'm, I'm an open book, I talk about everything. Um, and they've listened to me rant and rave about many things, and and some of them gave me good advice. Um, so I would never just—it's not necessarily just one individual or two or three, um, but there's lots of people that have helped me and influenced me. Excellent, cool. And your favourite leadership book? I have never read a leadership book in my life. Ah. Seriously, somebody told me, right, and this is not rubbish. Somebody told because I've got a habit of saying to people, I've been saying it for years, right, guys, flip it. Just try and flip it and think about it from the client side or think about it from the contractor side or whatever the case may be. Just flip it and try and see it from the other side. And then somebody said to me, oh, have you read that book? And I was like, I, I, I didn't even know there was a book called Flip It. <laughs> Um, so the only the only book I've read and it was a friend that <laughs> I'll tell you it was a friend that had it in the loo. <laughs> <laughs> right. and, it was, and it was about moving your cheese, how to move your cheese. And I was like, oh my God, what's that all about? Um, and and then so literally it was what is it? it was a really short book. Um, but again, I do use that. You know, I'll say it's about time you moved your cheese now. Um, and I actually played a trick on the exec board uh, a few years ago when I was like, every time somebody comes into the boardroom, they all sit at the same seat. Uh, so I just thought, I'm going to move their cheese. So I sat in one of their seats and they immediately came through the boardroom door and went, what are you doing there? I said, I'm moving your cheese. <laughs> is, so, are you saying cheese as in C-H-E-E-S-E? Yes, moving your cheese. Right. Yeah. So there's a book about that. So I read that. Tell a lie. I have read one book. I don't know if... It's a leadership book. I think it's more of a book about just changing things. So yeah. I honestly, right. I haven't, I haven't read a leadership book. Um, I'd be bored rigid reading a leader. I don't read books, so <laughs> a leadership book. I'm not involved. <laughs> Fair enough. No, that's good. Um, just following your own path. I love it. Yeah. Cool. That's it for me, Brian. Great. Um, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure I use that one. That move your cheese. I might read it actually. Yeah, I might you should, try and find it. Uh, <laughs> a very small book about moving your cheese, and it's it's good. It's good because people do get into the habit of doing the same things, and then yeah. you just you kind of upset the apple cart if you move if you move their cheese. And that was quite fun. It was actually Brian McManus, and I don't mind naming him because he'll listen to this podcast. <laughs> um, and he, he literally just walked through the door. And was like, um, uh, right, okay. <laughs> Are you there? <laughs> I think there's. I think you know there's something. There's something in that, and you know there's something in everything with the, with these sort of things. But it, it's all about you know taking one out of one's comfort zone, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's That's about it. and you know and just and if you're going to improve yourself, just 
small bits at a time and you know take yourself in, out of your comfort zone you know every so often and and, and kind of um and see where that takes you you know because you're gonna yeah. think differently aren't you so excellent excellent right well next time i'm in your office i'm gonna go and sit and brian my manager's desk and see what says anything so uh... <laughs> <laughs> we'll <laughs> okay well Louise, thank you very much for coming on and sharing all that with us that was really really interesting and and you know um we love having you on as always thanks for right. thanks for that guys Thank you.